Welcome to Idlewild Cottage, a quiet place where kindred spirits can linger together over a cup of tea, savoring all things lovely and cozy. My name is Juliana, and I'm delighted to have you. Each episode here at the cottage will center around a theme. That theme will be celebrated in a number of ways, through literature, art, nature, and even some favorite movie scenes, we'll cherish the sweet and simple things of life. So make yourself at home, and I'll put the kettle on. If you had your eye on the horizon a couple of weekends ago, and if the weather conditions were favorable in your area, you likely caught a glimpse of the stunning hunter's moon stealing its way across the night sky. This mesmerizing luminary has been the admiration of writers, poets, and artists since the beginning of time, and will inspire our time together today as well. My husband and I had slipped away to the wetlands park in our neighborhood just in time to catch that spectacular moonrise. At first, the moon was shrouded in somber gray clouds, and I felt disappointed that we might not be able to see it after all. But then, just as we were about to circle back home, a glowing orb began to ascend from the horizon. There was still cloud cover along the base of the moon, but this made its appearance that much more dramatic. It was as though the moon was emerging from a puddle of liquid gold and gradually taking solid form. We watched in silence and awe. Its transition from gold to silver brought to mind a poem called Silver by Walter de la Mer. This is a great one to memorize with kids and is found in his 1913 collection called Peacock Pie. I'll share the first few lines. Slowly, silently, now the moon walks the night in her silver shoon. This way and that she peers and sees silver fruit upon silver trees. The slow, silent, silvery moon lends a very distinct mood to any number of literary settings. Often, it serves as the backdrop for a budding romance. Other times, it is the welcome light that illuminates a forest path. And, not infrequently, it sets the stage for mystery. Take, for instance, The Woman in White, that mysterious character dreamed up by British author Wilkie Collins in 1860. In the opening chapters we read, The moon was full and broad in the dark blue starless sky. I wound my way down slowly over the lonely heath, enjoying the divine stillness of the scene and admiring the soft alternations of light and shade as they followed each other over the broken ground on every side of me. I mechanically turned toward London when suddenly, there, in the middle of the broad, bright high road, there, as if it had that moment sprung out of the earth, stood the figure of a solitary woman, dressed from head to foot in white garments. We'll leave Walter Hartwright to wonder over who this moonlight maiden might be. If you enjoy classic mysteries, the woman in white just might be your cup of tea. About a decade after this book was published, English artist John Atkinson Grimshaw painted a scene which could very well have served as the backdrop for The Woman in White. 
Grimshaw was known for his moonlit landscapes. And today we'll look into the enchanted picture frame here at Idlewild Cottage and study his work titled Wharfdale. Grimshaw's ability to capture light and shadow is mesmerizing. I encourage you to look up John Atkinson Grimshaw, 1871, Wharfdale Moon. He actually painted several similar moonscapes, so you're bound to find one of them. We find another moonlight mystery among the pages of the Emily books. This trilogy, written by Lucy Maud Montgomery, was very close to the author's heart. She put much of herself and her experiences into the life of Emily Bird Starr. Emily lives with her two maiden aunts and cousin Jimmy. Cousin Jimmy is really old enough to be an uncle. A brain injury has forced him into a slow and simple life, and he and Emily bond instantly over the beauty of words, poetry, and mystery. In the first book, Emily of New Moon, Cousin Jimmy weaves many family histories for Emily, one of them being the Lost Diamond. While working in his beloved garden shortly after Emily's arrival, Cousin Jimmy piques her interest. There is a spell woven round this garden. The blight shall spare it and the green worm pass by it. You make yourself at home in this garden. I confer the freedom of it upon you. Good luck to you, and may you find the lost diamond. We later learn what this means. A new moon ancestor once lost her diamond ring while going up the steps of the summer house. It was never found, though Jimmy continues, everyone in the family has taken a spell hunting for the diamond. Most folks think it fell out of the summer house among the flowers or shrubs, but I know better, Emily. I know Miriam Murray's diamond is somewhere about that old house yet. On moonlit nights, Emily, I've seen it glinting, glinting and beckoning, but never in the same place. And when you go to it, it's gone. We'll now leave Emily to her mystery and slip into the delightful world of Little House on the Prairie. This series was written by Laura Ingalls Wilder between the 1930s and 40s at the encouragement of her daughter, Rose Wilder Lane. The first book, Little House in the Big Woods, is an especially cozy read. Let's imagine ourselves gathered around the Idlewild hearth on a crisp autumn night. We'll share a simple, old-fashioned snack of popcorn, crisp apple slices, and hot apple cider as we take a peek into the home of the Ingalls family. In the following scene, we learn about Pa's evening hunt in the big woods. Mary and Laura are always eager to hear his stories and gather cozily around the fire. The big round moon was just rising. I could see it between the bare branches of the trees low in the sky. and. Right up against it, I saw a deer standing. His head was up and he was listening. His great branching horns stood out above his head. He was dark against the moon. It was a perfect shot, but he was so beautiful. He looked so strong and free and wild that I couldn't kill him. I sat there and looked at him until he bounded away into the dark woods. After a long while... A doe and her yearling fawn came stepping daintily out of the shadows. They raised their heads and looked at each other. 
The fawn stepped over and stood beside the doe. They stood there together, looking at the woods and the moonlight. I just sat there looking at them until they walked away among the shadows. Laura whispers, I'm glad you didn't shoot them. And Mary's practical response is, we can eat bread and butter. It seems likely that this scene was set against the backdrop of a hunter's moon, just like the one we enjoyed earlier this month. I was curious about its name and learned that the first full moon after the harvest moon is called the hunter's moon. Once upon a time, this was the seasonal cue to hunt game in preparation for winter. Charles Ingalls would have made quite a sacrifice in letting these animals go, which I believe speaks of a tender and thoughtful nature in Laura's paw. Another scene set against the harvest moon finds Anne Shirley, now Anne Blythe, exploring her beloved new home and landscape, the Four Winds Harbor. Anne may have grown up, but she is just as given to moonlit walks and silent reveries as ever. I'll share some excerpts from Anne's House of Dreams. Alone on the sands of the bar, Anne gave herself up to the eerie charm of the night. It was warm for September, and the late afternoon had been foggy. But a full moon had in part lessened the fog and transformed the harbor and the gulf into a strange, fantastic, unreal world of pale silver mist through which everything loomed phantom-like. The little curls of foam that blew across the sand were elfin things stealing up from the sea caves. The big, round-shouldered sand dunes were the sleeping giants of some old northern tale. Anne pleased herself with a hundred fancies as she wandered through the mist. It was delightful, romantic, mysterious, to be roaming here alone on this enchanted shore. I encourage you to read this sweet book from the Anne series to discover if Mistress Blythe is really and truly alone on that enchanted shore. Anne brings to mind a movie scene as well. Toward the end of Anne of Green Gables, Anne performs a riveting ballad called The Highwayman at the White Sands Hotel. Standing tall and regal in a white gown with exquisite puffed sleeves, Anne Shirley looks very much like a moonbeam herself as she nervously begins. The wind was a torrent of darkness among the gusty trees. The moon was a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. The road was a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor, and the highwayman came riding, 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 the highwayman came riding, up to the old inn door. Anne's performance ultimately brings the audience to its feet, Gilbert Blythe especially. Another classic movie scene from It's a Wonderful Life actually takes place in the moonlight. We find George Bailey and Mary on their way home from the school dance. As they make their way through the moonlit streets, they are attempting to harmonize Buffalo Gals Won't You Come Out Tonight and Dance by the Light of the Moon. Mary, Donna Reed, carries her part, but George, Jimmy Stewart, warbles quite a bit. This scene marks the point in the movie where George suddenly sees Mary as 
a young woman rather than a cute little kid, and, like many men who have wooed before, draws on nature for inspiration. What is it you want, Mary? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around her and pull her down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. And then what? Well, then you can swallow it. And then it will all dissolve, see? Then the moonbeams will shoot out of your fingers and toes and the ends of your hair. The classic unfolding of this much-loved story reveals that George does give Mary the moon, though it costs him much along the way, a price which he, in retrospect, is grateful to have paid. Well, friends, there are so many more moonlit moments I could share with you, but it's time for us to sip the last of our hot cider and wrap up our time together. In the meantime, I'd love to hear your own moonlit ideas. Maybe it's through a movie or a favorite book scene. Go ahead and send your thoughts my way. You can find me on Instagram at Cottage. Let's end our time together as usual with a psalm. This is from the Message Version, Psalm 104. The moon keeps track of the seasons. The sun is in charge of each day. When it's dark and night takes over, all the forest creatures come out. What a wildly wonderful world, God. You made it all. Kindred spirits, as you catch sight of the moon in the coming days and weeks, may it inspire you to consider that God holds its beauty in his hands. Thank you for joining me today, dear ones. Please come again soon to Idlewild Cottage.